Okay, Elena is going to come and speak to us about how we can be reunited with our loving and holy God. All right. So we will do a lesson on being born again and the importance of being born again. Now, all of you received um, these handouts, so make room on your table, okay? We're going back to high school, so you have room, you need to have room to study. So make room on your table, get your pen out, and you'll need this handout right here. So you, what you received is a handout that has a chart, and then you received also all the references. I uh, printed all the, um, the Bible passages that we will be using, uh, so you will need all of these. So make room so you can study. All right. First, I want to thank all of you who've participated or still want to participate in donated cookies. And I'm um, so grateful Nancy sent the message out. And uh, when we asked, within two days, we had enough for two weeks. And uh, I thought, that is amazing. First of all, it shows our potential as a church that we can meet the needs right away. But also, it shows that we can do more. And uh, so I want to challenge you, if you would like to still participate, donate cookies. Uh, what we're doing with them, we're making bags, and we're giving them away to uh, international students at UNM campus because we're inviting them for an Easter outreach here. So this Sunday, we will have a lot of international students. We have 50 who signed up to come, and I'm still waiting on someone to tell me because they invited 96. So we could be having a, a large number of international students from uh, all the different countries. And after the Easter program, after the service, they'll have a lunch uh, here upstairs. So pray for that. Uh, there will be a sermon, uh, and uh, of course the gospel will be presented, and the meaning of the resurrection. Uh, in uh, Russian, they have... Um, Russian is my second language, but it's very interesting. Growing up, Sunday in Russian is the word resurrection. So every Sunday, everyone knows, today is Resurrection Day. Resurrection Day. I don't know that how many people remember that, but uh, anyway. So today we're studying about being born again. Um, how many of you noticed that the media loves the word born again? In fact, they love it to ridicule it. Did you notice that? It's all over the news. Every time there is something bad happening... Right away they say, oh, and by the way, this guy is a, is a pastor. Or, oh, by the way, it's always to ridicule. Back in the 70s, from what I understand, born again was a good term. And it was used on the news a lot because it, there was the time of the Crusades, the time when a lot of people were coming to Christ. And so born again was a good term. It was uh, respectable. But today it seems that it's getting worse and worse, right? And then also you have the big singers and the big uh, actors, right? The famous actors who all of a sudden say they're born again, right? We have Britney Spears, right? She's born again, supposedly. We have Miley Cyrus. Everyone heard that Miley Cyrus was born again somehow. Some, I don't know when that happened. But, uh, and then you have the headlines. If you like to follow the news, then you have headlines like, 20 celebrities you did not know were born again. Ooh, you didn't know, right? So all of this, right? 
all of this uh, stuff that nobody understands, but somehow that word born again seems to be uh, used a lot. On the other side of the pond, on the other side of the ocean, people also use the word born again. In Romania, for example, they use the word born again to make fun of Christians. And in fact, in Romania, that's how they call the Christians. Oh, pocaizi, meaning, oh, the born again ones. You know, but not in a, not in a respectful way. Um, there was a 16-year-old uh, in Moldova, that's my home country, uh, who was raped. And uh, the girl was saved. Her life was in danger, but she was saved, and she found out that she won't be able to have children. And uh, when she went to the doctors, they told her that, but they said that her, her life was saved and so forth. So she was looking for a church, and she found a Pentecostal church. I'm not putting down the Pentecostals. I'm just explaining the story. And... Uh, the leaders of the church, when they found out who she is, what happened to her, they said, by the way, so that you know, you cannot be saved. Because it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that women will be saved by having children, and you can't have children. So therefore, you will never be saved. So we have the extremes, right? You have an extreme of people who say, mm-mm. You have to be saved only by having children. You have the extreme of the media, the big celebrities, the big singers, right, who are all born again somehow. And the world is looking, and they don't understand what is going on. So let's put that myth to rest, and let's see what born again means. So we have a chart that I divided in three. What does it mean? How does it take place? And how do you know that you are born again? And follow along. I'll do it here. You also do it on your chart. And I want you, as we finish this, I want you to have a tool in hand that you can sit down with any neighbor, with any friend, sister, brother, it doesn't matter. Sit down and explain to them what it means to be born again, what happens when you are born again, and how, how do you know when someone is born again? Would you like to know? All right, so let's do the chart. All right, so open with me to 1 Peter chapter three, uh, chapter 1. Uh, by the way, we're doing 1 Peter right now on Wednesday nights as part of the Mission Life uh, D group. And 1 Peter is an awesome book. Of course, it's written by Peter, right? Who was Peter? Anybody knows? An apostle, right? He calls himself an elder, but he also says something beautiful. He is a witness of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. So when he writes, he writes to what seems to be a group of Jews, many Jews who were scattered because of the suffering. And he writes to them to explain to them why the suffering, but more importantly, why, uh, what's happening, and the fact that this is part of grace. Suffering is part of our salvation. And when he writes to them, in chapter 5, verse 12, he said, I've written to you, so that you know, this is the true grace, this is the true grace, stand firm in it, right? So the first Peter chapter 1, really he explains what salvation is, what grace is. And many times we see grace only from this side, right? We only see the grace that God loved us, he saved us and so forth, but we many times miss this side, which is our responsibility. So we'll see that a little bit today. So first Peter chapter 1 verse 3 as we look at the passage, I will ask you questions, and you will answer, right? <laughs> so, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his, what? Great mercy. Great mercy has caused us to do what? 
to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what do we learn about being born again? What does it mean to be born again? Just from this passage. First, we see that it is God's great God's great mercy. Let's write it down. It's God's great mercy. His great mercy has caused us to be born again. So it's not just us doing it. Who's doing it in us? God. So being born again, it's the work of God in us. We can write that down. And we are born again to what? To what? To a living hope. This is very important. To, to a living hope, excuse me. <clears throat> Through what and why do we celebrate the resurrection this Sunday? We are born again through what? Uh -huh. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So it's important. Christ's resurrection played a very important role in our salvation. In fact, through his resurrection, we are born again. It's made possible through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Go with me to verse 23, same chapter. 1 Peter 1, verse 23, and we will see how does that take place. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 23. So follow along. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but what? Imperishable. That is through what? The living and abiding word of God. So how does, go ahead. So how does, how does it happen? What happens? How are you born again? How? And we have beautiful examples on our tables. Uh -huh. So you have these on your tables, right? And I thought, how appropriate. It says in verse 23 that we are born again, not of seed, which is what? Perishable. Perishable. Now, we understand that we are women. We love gardening, some of us, right? And we know what happens to seeds, right? These are seeds. What happens when we put them in the ground? They die. They die. And what happens? And they, they grow, right? Does anyone like to just throw seed out just for the sake of it? No, when you put plant seeds, you plant them with what purpose? To grow, right? So Peter is using this example, this analogy, to help us understand being born again. But he says something interesting. How, how is it different than this? The seed which we are born again through is not the simple seeds, right, that you buy at the, mar at the market. The seed that we are born through is what? It's imperishable. And how? what is it? It's through the living and enduring what? Word of God. So when you are born again, when you are born again, this, the seed, the word of God is planted where? In your heart. And what kind of word is it? Living and enduring. So it's not something, ooh, I decided I'm going to be born again. Let's go to Vegas, take care of it, right? Like they do with the elopements, right? Let's take care of it and we're done, right? Oh, by the way, 24 hours later, remember the joke with Britney Spears? 
ooh, they got a divorce. Ouch. This, this, it, it's not what the Bible teaches, right? When we are born again, it is not a temporary fix. It is not, ooh, I need God in my life. Yay. It is not that. What happens when you are born again? How are we born again? Through the living and enduring word of God. What kind of seed is that? It is imperishable. And what will it do in you? What will it do in you? It will grow. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. And we will spend a little bit of time in 1 John. 1 John was written because there was a very, very dangerous heresy going around in the first century. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. So how do you know that one is born again? Now, we'll work with every column. We'll come back and forth, back and forth. 1 John 2, 29. If you know that he is righteous, as in who is righteous? Mm -hmm. You know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. So what happens as a result of someone being born again through that seed, through that imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God? What happens? How do I know? 1 John 2.29. Go ahead. He practices righteousness. He practices righteousness because he is born of him, right? Now, flip the page to 1 John 3, 9. 1 John 3, 9. No one who is born of God, and we're going to write this on what does it mean. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. So what does it mean to be born again? Uh -huh. we, he sees it, but we also see that he is born of God, right? So it's a spiritual birth, right? It's not a physical birth, right? We'll look at John 3 in just a little bit, and you'll see why it was hard for Nicodemus to understand. But it is a birth from God. It is a spiritual birth. And we can keep writing from this passage. No one who is born of God practices sin. Why does he not practice sin? As in habitually. Doesn't live in sin, right? Because what? Watch out, watch out. Because what? Because he is what? Seed. What seed is that? And what is that seed? What is that seed? It is the word of God. So what is the secret for a born-again person? Not only the born-again person is born from within through the word of God, right? It's a spiritual birth. It is God working in you. But what happens? That seed stays there. But as you do what? As the seed abides in you, what does it produce? Righteousness. 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 Uh, Go ahead and write it down. Let's see. So what? Uh, how do you know? We can write it here. How do you know? So what do we know about a person who's born again? Practices righteousness. We wrote that. But what else? Doesn't practice. Yes. Does not practice sin. And what else? 
Uh-huh. And the word of God abides in him. The word of God abides in him. Why can he not sin? Because what's in him, right? He was born from whom? From above. It's a spiritual birth. And what abides in him now? The Holy Spirit, yeah. And, of course, the Word of God. We'll see the Spirit in just a little bit. But it is the Word of God. So do we see? I, I remember my first time. You will laugh at this. You will laugh at this. When I first came to the States, I went to Mississippi. I studied in Mississippi. I, did the, uh, college. I went to college there. But I remember I walked into a very, very small church. And, you know, if you've ever been to a small church like that, you probably understand. But they had on the wall a plaque that had how many people came to Sunday school, right? <laughs> Da-da-da, 98. How many people brought their Bible? <laughs> when I saw that, it made me laugh. Do you know why? Because I thought, I didn't know Christians were supposed to challenge to bring their Bibles. If you are born again from what? From the seed, from the imperishable seed, which is the word of God. If this is the growth, it started where? It started in my heart. The word of God started the work in my heart. Don't I want to study the Bible? Don't I, don't I abide? Doesn't it say here that I abide, right? So go with me now to, uh, no, stay in this passage. Hold one second. Stay in this passage. Let's read from 7 a little bit further up, verse 7 in 1 John chapter 3. Little children, let no one deceive you. Uh-oh, there is a danger. There is a danger, the danger to be deceived. All right. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Christ, is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, right? We talked about that today. The Son of God appeared. For what purpose? For what purpose? For this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Verse 10, by this... By this conclusion, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Uh-oh. So how do we know? What else? We have righteousness. We do not practice sin, but what else? All of a sudden, you'll have love of the brethren. Before, I hated that woman, right? Now you're in Christ. Now you're in Christ. What happens? What does God give you? The power and the strength to do what? To love. To love unconditionally. To love unconditionally the mother maybe who kicked you out. The father who did stuff to you. You love unconditionally the daughter who said hurting words that you thought you, thought you will never be able to forgive. You love. You love. Right? Because we are able to love. So turn with me to chapter 4 now. 4-7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God. And knows God. So what do we learn about what does it mean? We see that it's born of God. Right? But what else? Loves God. And there's one more. 
knows God. He knows God, right? So let's write that under what does it mean. To be born again means to do what? To know God, right? Very good. And go with me now to chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 4. Hold on. Verse 1 through 5. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Whoever believes... Oh, there we go. How does it happen? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So how does it happen? How are you born again? You believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? And I love the, the second part of this verse. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. So how do you know that one is born again? Not only loves those around him, but loves who else? Loves whom? Loves the Father, right? And it loves those who, uh, the child born of him. The child born of him. And who are the children? The, who is the child born of him, by the way? Jesus. And then we also have verse 2. We have children of God. By this we know that we love the children of God. So who else do we love? The children of God. When we love God and observe his commandments. So how do we know that we love the children of God? How do you show love? How do you show love to the children of God? How? We love God, and we do what else? What do we do with this? The best way to show love, the only way, by the way, to show love is what? To observe his commandments. So how do I know? Not only do I love God, but you see, love, it's not the fluff. It's not the Easter bunny. Not fluff. Not Love is what? Obedience. Love is action. Love is relationships, right? Love is not, ooh, Valentine's Day, yay, <laughs> right? Fun. It's interesting. We women love that, right? Let's, let's get that past us. But love, how do you show love? That you love the children of God, that you love God by doing what? Obeying his commandments. Verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. We keep and his commandments. Watch out. His commandments are not before Christ. Were they burdensome? Oh, yes, I have to do this. I have to do that. It never ends. What happens in Jesus Christ? When that seed, when that imperishable seed is planted where? In my heart. The living and enduring word of God. What happens as a result? His word, his commandments become what? Yes. Yes, Lord, I want to obey you. Yes, I want to be to love my brothers and sisters. Verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So let's write it down. How do I know? How do I know? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. By the way, the word overcome the world is a key word for the book of 1 John. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. 
our faith. And who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So how do I know that one is born again? We sow love, we sow righteousness, we sow not practicing sin. What else? Obedience, but also overcoming the world. Who is able to overcome the world? Who? Who? Who's we? Those who are born again. How are they born again? Said one prayer, done. Is that what we're talking about? You can say a prayer and be born again. You can also say a prayer and not be born again, right? <laughs> Does that make sense? We're talking about born again, the biblical born again, right? We're talking about those who are born again, how? Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and being, having what? Having the imperishable uh, seed, right? So now the last uh, passage here, verse 18, we know, chapter 5, verse 18, also in 1 John, we know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who was born of God keeps him. Ooh, ooh. The evil one does not touch him. So what else do we know about those who are born again? They are protected by whom? They're protected by God. And how are they protected? In what sense? In what sense are they protected? We know it. Yeah, we'll see eternal life in just a second. But how are they protected? Remember, the context is practicing sin, not practicing. Practicing righteousness, not practicing righteousness. Overcoming the world, not overcoming the world. So how are those born of God kept? How? And the evil one does not touch him. Right? So what do we have around us? We have protection from God. Protection for what? So that we would do what? So that we would practice what? Righteousness. Because we are whose now? We are God's. We are born from above. We are the children of the Most High God. Right? In First in, uh, Peter chapter 1, after Peter tells them about this great salvation, he said the prophets made careful searches and inquiries, and it was shown to them that this salvation was for you. Can you believe it, those prophets, how much they searched, and yet salvation was for whom? For us, for us. I, know, I wonder if we realize what we have in Jesus Christ. In, uh, in uh, 1 Peter, uh, one more passage in 1 Peter, so we'll quickly go to... John, so we can finish. In in uh, First Peter, chapter one, uh, you don't have this passage. I'm just going to quickly read it. Knowing that you were verse eighteen, knowing that you were not redeemed, chapter one, verse eighteen, that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver, gold, from a futile way of life inherited from your forefathers but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. So when we are born again, what does it produce? What does it produce? Hmm? Say it again. 
It, yes, it produces righteousness. We are children of the Most High God. He paid for us with precious blood. Not any kind of blood. Not animal blood. But the blood of the Lamb. The blood that cannot, doesn't cover sin, but does what? Cleanses our consciousness. You've all studied Hebrews, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look at John 3 so we can finish. In John 3, everybody knows the story. I wonder if we paid attention to the details sometimes, though. I don't sometimes. Sometimes I read just because I read. Does that happen to you? And so then I have to ask God to wake me up. Coffee doesn't do it. And I say, Lord, help me. Help me understand your word. So let's look at John 3. Of course, Nicodemus came and said, He's talking about the signs, right? And in verse 3, Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So what does it mean to be born again? To see the kingdom of God. The only way to see the kingdom of God is to be born again. Now, singing about streets of gold might not guarantee the kingdom of God. Okay, and I'm not saying this in a mean way, right? Because I see a lot of people singing about streets of gold, <laughs> but this third column is missing from their life. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So how do you have the streets of gold or the kingdom of God? How? You must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus didn't understand what's going on, right? Because his question was in verse 4, how can a man be born when he's old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Can he? And verse 5, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of what? Water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is the water? What is the water? It is the word. It is the word of God. Anyone know what else is compared to water in the New Testament? The Word of God. Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 5 said he did what? He gave himself up for her, for the church, so that he might cleanse her with the washing of water, with the Word. Right? So unless one is born, does that go with 1 Peter? What we just saw? That we are born again how? Through the enduring living and enduring word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, he says that we are chosen so that we would be what? Through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit to obey Jesus Christ, right? So what happens when you are born again? What does it mean? You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and what happens? You are born of what? Water and spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Look at verse 8. We sometimes go over it, but he is actually explaining something. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from, right? Especially in New Mexico. You have no clue <laughs> where it comes from. I've discovered wind for the first time in my life, right? And where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So he compares us to the wind. who You don't know where it's coming from. But what do you see? You hear what? The sound of it. And he's comparing being born of the Spirit to the wind. 
So what happens when you are born again? How do you know when one is born again? You're not going to hear the sound of the wind, no. But what happens? What will you hear? You will see change. Because this person, remember, was not born of what kind of seed? Perishable. Well, sometimes the seeds don't come, don't, especially in New Mexico, right? It's very hard to grow stuff here. Right. Very hard. So sometimes you put the seeds, oh, well, new package. <laughs> but not this seed. This seed, the word of God, when it's planted where? In us. It produces what? Righteousness. Righteousness. It produces new life in Jesus Christ. It produces what? Children of God who love one another, love the Lord, and obey his commandments. Of course, you have the rest of the passage, but I want you to pay attention to verse 20 and 21. Everyone who does evil hates the light. We all know that, right? And does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be excuse me, should be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes where? Comes to the light. We know who the light is, right? Everybody knows who the light is, Jesus Christ. That's his deeds, that his deeds may be manifested as having been, what is that word there? Wrought of God. What does it mean to be wrought of God? What is the word wrought? This is an English, old English word. Fashioned, made. So, he who practices the truth comes to the light. He wants to come to the light. He is not hiding. Oh, no, it's Sunday. Ah, he comes to the light. He wants to study the word. He wants to be in the word. Why? What does he have to show? What does he have to show? That his deeds may be what? Manifested as having been wrought in God. So quickly, ladies, conclusions. What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be born again? Come on, come on, come on. What does it mean? It means to be born of God. Very good. It means to know God. What else? It means to be born through, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It means to be indwelled. We didn't look at that as much. It means to be indwelled with the Holy Spirit, right? What else? It's a spiritual birth. It is not physical. And we know physical. This is not physical. This is spiritual, right? What else? It is through the precious blood of a lamb, right? So how, do, how does it happen? How does it happen? What happens in a person's life when they're born again? What must happen? They must, very good. Through the word of God, what happens? They believe. What do they believe? That Jesus Christ is Lord. Guess where in the world will you find that truth? This is the word of God, right? This is the truth. This is the light, right? What else? So they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The, planted, the seed is planted, right? The imperishable seed is planted. And they begin to grow. What do they grow into? Righteousness. They, do not, they no longer practice what? Sin. Why not? Because the word of God abides, and we must abide in the word of God, right? This is how, what the true branches of Jesus Christ, this is how they do it. They abide in the word of God, and they produce righteousness. And what else do they produce? 
Love for whom? The brethren and for God. And how do they show love? By obeying the word of God. Obedience is key, right? We teach our children obedience, but we need to show obedience, right? And last but not least, they overcome the they overcome the world because we have the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. We have God here, right? Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of God, is where? In our hearts, empowering us to do what? To live righteously, to live righteously. All right, so are you ready for some application questions? I always do application. I know we don't have the time, but we can't finish without doing this. Are you born again? Yes. How do you know? All right. Do people around you agree with what you just said? All right. You don't have to answer out loud. That's fine. What was your life like before Christ? Do you remember? Yeah. What is your life like now? Is there a difference? If there isn't a difference, what's the danger? What did 1 John say? Do not be deceived. Do you practice sin or righteousness? Right? So all it was, this lesson is to allow our, the Lord to search our hearts. To search our hearts. Not be righteous in our own ways. Right? Allow him to search our hearts. Let him show us where we are. And if we are born again, my sisters, we have a great salvation. And if we do, we are made what? Anybody knows? Who are we in Jesus Christ? Uh-huh, and who else? I quote, quite well, but not so well. So let me go back to 1 Peter. You can tell I like the book, right? 1 Peter chapter 2. After Peter finished teaching them about salvation and grace, he starts chapter 2 with, therefore, right? And he tells them all the stuff that they need to put aside. But look at verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Why? That you may do what? Proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light my question to you is who whom is your life proclaiming yourself does it proclaim the lord does, is there anything to proclaim are you abiding in the word of god because if you do guess what it'll be very obvious and it'll be contagious but if you're not it'll be very in romanian we call it stinky <laughs> right to where it has the appearance but no substance. Does that make sense? So let's pray. Let's pray and ask the Lord to search our hearts and live according to the truth of the word of God. Who would like to pray?